0: Yeah. New WCW smash and Slam
1: wrestlers. What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad is my turn It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my
0: God!
1: Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15 of the Wrestle getting podcast. I am your most illustrious host, Chris the Heat Matthews. Back once again with my boy, Garrett G. Money Munn. Ready to invade your ear holes once again for another week of pro wrestling talk. So what's up, G. Money?
0: Not a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Had to catch up on my wrestling this week. Uh, got a little behind. Had a day off. Watched wrestling all day. So I'm ready to talk about wrestling.
1: Yeah, you got like 16 pages of notes. Hey, <laughs> so I we got notes. Ready to rock and roll. Yes, we are. All right. So a little bit of uh, some housekeeping notes. Nothing really major, but um, if you guys want to stay up to date with the getting Podcast, um, make sure to subscribe to whatever... Uh, to the podcast on whatever device you are using whatever app you're using um, also be sure to uh, rate share review um, especially on iTunes leave us a five-star review if you want to throw in a little comment rating too it'd be fabulous um, and if you got any comments questions concerns or anything that you think that we at the Wrestlegett podcast can do better or if you have any suggestions for other stuff that you'd like us to talk about you can go ahead and email us at askrussellgedden at gmail.com. So without further ado, we're gonna break it down into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 90 454 hulk Alright, so. What we got going on big news big big news so uh bischoff is no longer with wwe no longer uh, no longer the executive director of smackdown so he's been replaced by none other than brother love himself bruce pritchard so that seems to be a pretty pretty big jump there
0: yeah i mean i i feel like we really i, I think a lot with raw we saw a lot of storylines that were hayman storylines but I never felt like on SmackDown we saw anything that was Bischoff. So maybe that had a little bit to do with it. He wasn't having a whole lot of say, this, out and the third. So maybe they wanted to do a different direction with it. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how Bruce Richard's going to do. I think he'll do great.
1: I think one of the biggest things, too, from what I've read earlier today, is that it seems that Bischoff really just kind of like came in, clocked in, collected a paycheck, and left. Like, from what a lot of people were saying, he wasn't taking time to get into know the talent. And he said repeatedly on his podcast that he doesn't follow any of the current WWE talent. And you think he would have at least brushed up four months ago when he accepted the position for executive director of SmackDown.
0: C- correct. I mean, why would you take a job if you're not going to do anything with it? I mean, all you're doing is ruin the experience of the fans. And that's what you're there for, is for the fans to... Bring out a good show every single week and not just be there to pick up a paycheck. That's that's messed up.
1: Uh, so I think uh, Bischoff needs to hang up his uh, wrestling creativity boots and go just stick with his talk about the glory days of WCW podcast that he's been doing. So, but uh, yeah, so that was pretty much the big news um, out of wrestling this week. You got anything else?
0: Yeah, no,
1: nothing I think of. So let's jump into some. Figure news, figure, figure, figure news. So we've got uh, Figures Toy Company uh, has shown off the head sculpt for Isaiah Swerve Scott, uh, formerly known on the independent scene as Shane Strickland. So that'll be due out uh, in the rising stars wrestling line. Uh, I believe it's end of this year, beginning of next year for that. Uh, they also showed the painted prototypes Head sculpt, uh, Francine, and the bad boy Joey Janella on their Instagram. So those actually look pretty solid. Um, but then again, with Figures Toy Company, the prototype product always looks better than the finalized product. In most cases, there are some figures that look really good, and there are some that look really bad. I know I've shown you that picture of Brian Cage's. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> figures Toy Company figure, but um. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah face sculpt was terrible on that. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but um, like some of them look really good. Like the demon, the Kiss Demon figure looks amazing. Um, I like, know a couple of the Mikey Whipperex figure, Marty Scarola's figure, his first figure has come out looks great. The Young Bucks look pretty good, but there's like a bunch of other ones that just that look really, really bad. So. Uh, what else we got? Elite 71 has shown up in Walmart stores, apparently. Um, that is the set that's got Johnny Gargano, um, 80s Vince McMahon, and the chase for that one, at least for Walmart, is Gerald Briscoe. Uh, so go ahead and scoop that up, especially if you've got the Pat Patterson. I know I will be on the lookout for Briscoe to go with my Patterson. So pretty psyched about that. I think who else is in that one? I know the Gargano was the big one uh, for me. Yeah, I don't Besides remember. the 80s Vents. I think there's there's probably another one in there too that I think I'll, there is one more I'll be I picking up. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? Oh, 2K twenty. WWE 2K twenty. We're gonna kinda discuss this a little bit. Um, came across a video on YouTube that was comparing the graphics for Bianca Belair's entrance um, from last year's game to this year's game. Holy shit does that look like hot garbage in a dumpster fire like
0: it, it was bad. it looked like her hair was like a piece like a stick and she was twirling a stick around literally in the
1: twirling a kendo stick walking down to the ring. That's it was, what it looked like. It
0: was bad. It was so it was, super bad.
1: Like if you've all played 2K19, you've seen how fluid the entrances are, the dynamics and stuff like that it is just like, it's PS3 graphics, pretty much. Yeah. And it's, it, it's bad. It was bad. <laughs> like, it may almost be close to PS2 graphics at I, this point. I
0: watched yeah. the video and laughed the whole entire thing. It was <laughs> so fucking funny. I was like, what is this? This isn't even
1: real. This and this, It kind of sucks, though. Now, the biggest issue with it is, you know, Yukes had left halfway through development of the game. Or, I don't know if it was halfway, but it was early in development of the game. And you can tell... Cause I think a lot of the the footage that they had, like, early initial footage, like, gameplay footage and trailer footage, may have been from stuff that Ukes had developed. Um, like, I don't know how far they got into it, but, like, a lot of it looked good. Like, it looked really good. Like, the initial trailer they put out first time looked fantastic. And then after that, it just kind of... Just, just looks like crap. Like, Becky... There's been some still images showing of Becky from the game. She looks nothing like Becky. Yeah. And you're... Even, um... I saw a comparison video of Lacey Evans like doesn't look like Lacey. like the, the faces just the, the graphics. And the only are thing historical. I was really looking
0: forward to is like the story mode which I feel like now it's it's kind of getting stale because they're like forcing it down our throats because I feel like now I know I feel like the graphics are so bad in the game they're just trying to throw these <clears throat> these stories like hey you can play this amazing story but we're gonna give you these shitty-ass PS2 graphics and you're gonna have to deal with it Like, honest, story.
1: honestly I don't care about the extra stuff that they added like the the original created content like the bump in the night thing um, which is the only way you can get the fiend is by pre-ordering to get that stupid bump in the night garbage yeah. um, like I don't care about that at all you know it was cool like when they did that little side thing in the game last year uh, where like you something like traveled into something with Matt Hardy and like the multiverse and did a couple different things with that but I mean as a one-off type thing as long as it ties into the story it's cool but the I don't care about this shit yeah but the story the general story mode like the basis of it looks pretty cool Mm because you get you create a male character and a female character
0: correct and it looks like you're both trying to like I don't know if it's competing who gets the like, I think it's accolades. I don't
1: From I don't, what I saw it's it's like your best friend. Yeah. So that's what
0: it seemed like. So
1: you create your male character, your female character, and you play as both of them through the story. You gotcha. You. So you both get signed to NXT, you both go on to WWE or up to the main roster, all this other stuff. So you're playing alternating back and forth between these two storylines, um, with the two characters. Like you pretty much start as like you're in high school or some shit like that and Jotting down your list of accomplishments or goals that you want to achieve to become a professional wrestler. Well, other than that, like, these graphics are are garbage. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) All (laughs) right, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, We are going to talk a little bit of Raw, um, some AEW, some NWA, Uh, got some Ring of Honor results, some New Japan results from the events over the weekend, and then we're going to jump into. The disappointment that was the draft. So stay tuned, we shall return. What's up everyone, this is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the Wrestlegeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free. Which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and we are back. So, yeah, good times here. So, Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor, was this past weekend. Uh, I believe Saturday night, actually. Um, just run some quick results on that, uh, we had Battle Royal to earn a ROH title shot at the end of the show, which was won by Silas Young, um, who defeated Big Daddy Yum Yum. What the fuck is Big Daddy Yum Yum? I I no <laughs> idea.
0: I like went through these names. <laughs> Chance Valor, Dao Matt... Lance Lancey
1: Lancey Lancey
0: Brian Johnson Shaheem Ali LSG Josh Woods Rhett Titus Beer City Bruiser
1: Brian Malonis Cheeseburger and my man Cheeseburger Kenny King and Joe Hendry Joe Hendry I love Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry Oh let's see we had um two semifinal matches for the final battle number one contender Uh, So basically, PCO defeated Dalton Castle, and the villain, Marty Skrull, defeated Jay Lethal. So the finals of this match are going to pit two Villain Enterprise team members against each other. um, And Marty Skrull and PCO to determine the number one contender uh, for final battle to take on... Roosh. So, honestly... How
0: does that even work? Like, shouldn't it it be? So so Marty Skrull is over that. Team. If I'm incorrect, I, I'm incorrect. Yeah, Marty Skrull is right. the head of Bill So, shouldn't process. PCO just let Marty Skrull pin him? Isn't that how it should work? You would think are that, we going to have a dissension in the ranks.
1: You would think that, but Bing has, like, these guys are both competitors, and I think Marty's actually looking forward to uh, having a very competitive match from some of the comments he made um, after his, after he defeated Jay Lethal, um, but... I really think it'd be a huge disservice to the fans if PCO did lay down for Skrull, or vice versa. Because I really feel that's going to be one hell of a match.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it would be.
1: And then, honestly, I can tell you right now, Marty is probably going to pick up the win over PCO um, and Same go on to bet. take on Roosh. And in all honesty, I, with how popular the villain is right now, um, I really could see him defeating Roosh and taking the, the title. think so um let's see kelly klein uh retained the or actually
0: defeated angelina, defeated love.
1: angelina love to become the the uh ring of honor women of honor champion
0: yep.
1: so pretty much angelina love held that title for like a month and then kelly klein got it back uh, the briscoes retained over luke and pj hawks uh, I believe Luke Hawks was actually a competitor on Tough Enough, like in the first couple seasons, if I remember correctly. Got you. Um, Alex Shelley defeated Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Lifeblood, Repres- representatives Mark Haskin and Tracy Williams, defeated Villain Enterprises, reps of Brody King and Flip Gordon. So, um, after the match, Bully Ray attacked Lifeblood. So that's uh, glad to see Bully Ray's back on ROH TV. And then Roosh. Retained over Silas Young. Awesome. Uh, we also had this weekend the New Japan King of Wrestling, which had some pretty solid matches on there from what it looks like. Unfortunately, yep. we didn't get a chance to see any of this stuff, but that's why we're just running quick results. Yep. Um, Suzuki Gun, which is the team of El Desperado and Yoshinobi Kenemura. I probably butchered that, but that's cool. Um, defeated Roppongi 3K, which is showing yo. Um Let's see, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated, and Tamako Homa um, defeated the most violent players. Los Ingo nobles de Japón uh, representing uh, Shingo Takehi Tagaji and Tetsu Naito <laughs> over Suzuki Gun, uh, which was Doku and Taichi. That was disqualification after Taichi attacked Shingo. With his microphone stand so yeah next right on uh, suzuki defeated yushin liger that's kind of uh impressive there yeah liger would have picked up the win on that one uh, will osprey uh defeated el phantasmo uh chaos members haruki gutu and tomohiro Ishi and Hashi on uh, defeated bullet club members switchblade Kenta, and Yujihiro Takahashi. Uh, Lance Archer defeated Juice Robinson to win the vacant uh, New Japan US title. Um, Unfortunately, the title was vacated. Moxley was the previous holder of the New Japan US title. Um, He had some travel issues. Uh, New Japan does this correctly, in in my honest opinion. Um... If you're not able to make your scheduled title defense, New Japan will strip you of the title, regardless of what the circumstances is. You know, there is like some sort of like tsunami, or...
0: There's a typhoon, I Typhoon.
1: Think. Yeah. Threat, or something like that, yeah. that was delaying travel, couldn't make it, so they strip them of the title. Like, New Japan doesn't play. Yeah, they like, do they actually hold their titles in high regard, unlike WWE, who lets their champion sit at home for months on end before he decides to show up for a pay-per-view. So,
0: do a couple moves, hit his finisher, and well, actually, I guess it's twenty finishers now because you know finishers don't count. It's just you a finisher and a pinfall. It's, you got to hit them with like thirty of them, and then you can win.
1: Yeah, unless you're Kofi Kingston,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: then you're you lose in ten seconds. Correct. So, um, uh, after the match, Archer continued to beat down Robinson. And then the returning David Finley, uh, who is the son of Fit Finley. Uh, made made the save to uh, save Robinson. Uh, Robinson and David Finley are actually attacking uh, partners in uh, New Japan, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, Ibushi defeated Evil, and Okada retained over Sonata, so it looks like a um, pretty solid match up there. Yeah. Um, Okada Okada actually called out Ibushi, and then our main event for Wrestle Kingdom 14 is. Ibushi versus Okada for the New Japan. Yeah,
0: I, I heard about that. For that. I remember reading it. I- that, I- that's going to be a insane hour-long probably match.
1: Oh, uh, More I'm likely. Sure. And Dave Meltzer is going to cream his pants and give that like 20 stars. Because <laughs> it's New Japan and it's Ibushi and Okada. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how that goes. And it'll probably get 30 stars if Kenny Omega was involved.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs>
1: alright so let's break down some raw um, I wasn't really feeling raw this week
0: yeah you know? I wasn't either I felt like they just kind of put a show together
1: so like we kind of we started off with Becky and Charlotte um, which was originally supposed to be Becky versus Sasha but Sasha is injured with some unknown inner injury uh, basically uh, this...
0: I heard it was a back injury. Back injury. That's what I heard today, that I think.
1: What kind of makes sense? Um, especially mean, some of those spots she took in the house. So. Yeah.
0: I think that's what I read today. I saw it somewhere that she was out for a back injury.
1: Well, the Becky versus Charlotte was for the first round pick of the night. And, of course, Roth, again, for the second night in a row, uh, won. They got the first draft pick. Honestly, um,
0: that match kind of... It was a really good match, it just was upsetting that it just ended with Becky rolling Charlotte up, and then just... I was just like, you couldn't have ended it with like a finisher somewhere?
1: Yeah, and it was pretty disappointing with a lot of stuff, but... Ah, okay. uh, let's see, another notable thing, we have new tag champs, as the Viking Raiders finally pick up the win, and the Raw tag team titles, defeating Rude and Ziggler, who were then drafted to SmackDown. Uh, really great match we had. Um, Shelton Benjamin versus Ricochet. Great match. And another phenomenal matchup, which we've seen before on 205 with a Bunny Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Um, having Murphy and Cedric on Raw is gonna be freaking amazing. And hopefully they kind of touch on their feud from 205 and we get a little bit more from them. Um, Or even shit, I wouldn't be mad with them as a tag team. Neither. So I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. But um Shelton Ricochet was pretty good, which shows that like Shelton
0: Shelton still has it. I mean Shelton can still go. He can like, still go. Like he's he's still got everything.
1: It's kind of being wasted on the main roster. Kinda of wish they would um bump him to NXT where he could probably get a little bit more exposure and maybe some more matches. Agree. Uh let's see we had Natalia taking on the Kabuki Warriors with a mystery partner, which she ended up picking Lacey which was kind of surprising, the fact that she would pick someone that she's been fighting for the last month and a half. Um, but it actually turned out to be a pretty decent match. Um, Kabuki Warriors did end up retaining. Was that, that wasn't for the title, was it? No. No, they it's just not a match. The red, no, so they ended up. So they won. Yeah. Kabuki Warriors picked up the win. Um, one other thing, like, the biggest thing to come out of Raw, um, we had Seth Rollins invading the Firefly Funhouse. Correct. Which kind of, to me, like, because we never seen, like, a physical area with the Firefly Funhouse. It was never, like, a backstage thing. It was always, it always come up on the screen on the Titantron, and we'd always see just Bray. We've never seen Bray in his Mr. Rogers attire ever, like, come down to ringside anything like that. It's always been inside the Firefly Funhouse. Which kind of led to the mystique that it wasn't real. That this is just a piece, like, a glimpse inside the mind of Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. Agreed. And it was, like, a little piece of that. But it kind of takes away from that mystique with Rollins just kind of, like, showing up and just beating down Bray Wyatt.
0: Honestly, I feel like the better thing they could have done would have been, like... Not not have him, like, find it, but, like, there'd be, like, segments throughout the night where Seth is trying to, like, find it. And, like, certain of the animals are there and they're, like, trying to send Seth away or scare him off or whatever. That would be, like, I, I didn't think the whole segment was, I, I agree with you, like, it's the that mystique that it had with it that just kind of got put, set apart with Seth finding it.
1: I mean, the segment itself was pretty good, like, Correct. especially with Bray, like, you know, looking at stuff. Why
0: are you doing this to me?
1: Because, like, inside Bray's mind, it's not him. Like, he's not doing this stuff. It's the fiend that's doing it. Correct. So it's like a separate, to Bray himself, it's a completely separate person. But um, but the segment overall was pretty good. But my question is, why the hell is everyone burning down Bray's houses? Yeah, I mean, like, everybody. Dude has no safe space whatsoever anymore. Everybody's burning his shit down. So, man, Seth, you couldn't just leave it alone. Think about Huskis and poor Ramblin' Rabbit who gets killed like every week. You set them on fire and you killed them. <laughs> oh, man. Lord. Poor Ramblin' Rabbit. Poor yeah. Ramblin' Rabbit. <laughs> But uh, there was a uh, dark match um, afterwards. The yeah, Fiend attacked Seth Rollins. Uh, from video footage I saw, like fan cam footage from the seats, they put on the stupid-ass red light again. They wrestled in the... Like, Fiend attacked him in the red light. They put that damn spotlight on him. Look, it didn't work for fucking Sin Cara, and it's not working for the Fiend. Correct. So stop it. Just Correct. Just stop it. No. This would be the part where the Usos would be like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Man, y'all need to learn what works and what doesn't work. But, um, speaking of what works, NWA Power.
0: Finally got to catch it this week, guys. I did indeed. I have to say, I like it. Did, did you go good. back
1: and watch the first episode too or just the second Uh
0: episode? No, I didn't get time to watch the first episode. I did just watch the second one.
1: So you got to go back and watch at least the main event from that with um, uh, Nick Aldis taking on Tim Storm, which is a fantastic match. Got you. Really great. Um, This week, NWA Power, we had Ricky Starks uh, take on Trevor Trevor Murdoch. If you remember Trevor Murdoch, he was, of course, WWE former superstar. Do you remember Trevor Murdoch? I saw him out there.
0: It was like he he, he used to be a big guy, and then he gained, like, 30 more pounds, but he still got it.
1: He really needs to change his ring attire though, because dude has no ass. <laughs> like, it's—he's wearing these like tight ass tights, but no ass. <laughs> like, I'm certain like, huh. I'm I'm straight. I'm married. I got three kids. But like, when you see this dude on your TV and he's got these little, like his little biker shorts on or whatever, and he, it's like there's nothing there, absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, like. It's just crazy. Like at least hit the stairmaster or something, and you know, build up an ass. But um, I think I have more of an ass than he does. Just yeah. saying. So, but, uh, uh, we also had Cole Cabana and a mystery partner. Mystery partner uh, taking on the team of Jordan Kingsley and Sal Renaro. Um, Cabana actually introduced his partner before the match, which ended up being none other than A Mister.
0: Anderson, your like,
1: Anderson, and your neighbor's gonna be down here like, the fuck you doing shit. So- like <laughs> Which was great too because he
0: did it and like he did it in the cabana and then Anderson did it. and They were like going back and forth. And it was great.
1: <laughs> he scared the shit out of the uh, the interviewer. I can't remember. What oh, the I don't saying. remember his he name. He scared uh, the shit out of him. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, so they picked up the win over Jordan Kingsley and Sal Renaro. I uh, also had Allison Kay, the NWA Women's Champion, uh, taking out Ashley Vox, who of course she handpicked as her opponent. Uh, apparently she is a friend of hers. And it was a really solid matchup. I've never heard of Ashley Vox before uh, tonight, but definitely or before the second episode of Power, but definitely a fan. She she held her own against um, Allison Kay, too former uh, impact knockout sienna that's you know pretty solid so uh main event was saw the wild cards taking on outlaw inc um outlaw inc of course is made up of homicide
0: uh, homicide and, homicide
1: and uh, eddie kingston eddie kingston yes. yes so dude homicide looking a little little out of shape man. yeah like, I, I last agree. time i saw homicide he was like half the size and like in better shape but yeah I mean we get older it's kind of harder to, to keep in shape but that ended up being a pretty solid matchup on um, but did end in a no contest the uh, the Dawson's hit the ring and pretty much destroyed everybody correct and then um, they closed out the show with an interview with Nick Aldis and um, his valet and like I really didn't care too much about that but uh, let's I'll see. See. the other thing
0: I would add to that too um I don't know what his name is now, but um, Damian Sandow was on the show to oh, start yeah. off the match. Yeah. I don't remember I what his actual forgot name about was that. Name. Um,
1: Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens, that's yep. it.
0: So he's gonna be at NWA too. Yep. So um, that'll be super cool. They kind of
1: gave him like a um, honestly, he's got like a Miz type gimmick.
0: Yeah, like I agree. The old
1: Miz gimmick where he I was agree. like, "I'm a movie star now and I'm better than you." Yeah, it's basically what it boiled that was down to. What me.
0: I what I got from it's, it. Too. Oh,
1: oh. Yeah, I don't know if that was his idea or NWA creative's idea, but I mean he can pull it off. Like, he's, Correct, he's yeah, a great absolutely. talent. So, but um, it was cool to see him on there. Uh, let's see AEW Dark. Uh, we had a triple threat match between Kip Sabian, uh, Sonny Kiss, and Peter Avalon, which of course Sabian picked up the win. Kind of disappointing because I love Sonny Kiss and I really think, you know, they should probably do a little bit more with him besides regulating them to dark matches. Agreed. Um, the Dark Order and Hybrid 2 um, defeated SCU and Chima. And the main event on AW Dark was a lights-out match between Kenny Omega and Joey Janela. Kind of ironic that a lights-out match is on a show that's nothing but dark matches. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, which kind of shows you what they think of Kenny Omega because he wasn't... Did he wrestle in the first No, he did wrestle in the first episode. That's why right. It was a triple threat match. Yeah. Uh, Six man tag match on triple threat. Um, and of course, this week, AEW Dynamite was, with the exception of two matches, was all tag matches. Correct. Like, we filled up two hours of wrestling with tag matches and two title matches. Um, a couple of them I understand. Well, I actually understand you know, three of the the tag matches, um, which uh, SCU uh, versus his best friends. Uh, SCU got jumped by the Lucha Brothers beforehand and Daniels got taken out by the package pile driver from Pentagon and then um, Scorpio Sky took Daniels place so SCU picked up the win um, Scorpio Sky looked really good in that match. Oh yeah. So He, he carried that he, match pretty he well. He did carry that match really well. There even one point in the night where the uh, during that match where the fans were chanting he's got no shoes. Which I found hilarious because Scorpio Sky kept like he'd do a move and he'd lose a shoe, so <laughs> yeah. so at one point he was wrestling with one shoe and a sock, and then by the end of the match he was just in socks. <laughs> it was a great match. Um, Absolutely. I do. I like the best friends. I'm a fan of Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. Uh, I think they're a great tag team. They are. Uh, so SCU goes on and they will face the Dark Order next week in the second in the, I guess yeah second round of the, the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Santana Ortiz took on a couple jobbers and of course they dominated and destroyed them so typical squash match just to showcase the the talent of Santana Ortiz. Uh, Rio retained over Britt Baker which was actually a really good match. Really good match. So, uh-huh. Britt Baker definitely I was kind of hoping Britt was gonna pick up the belt during this matchup because I, I actually think Britt Baker, Britt Baker is probably going to be should be the face of AEW's women's division. Like I feel Rio only picked up the title because she was trained by Omega.
0: Correct. Well, I'm you know. sure that probably had a lot to do with it.
1: But, um, yeah. Then we had uh, the Lucha Bros taking on the Jurassic Express, uh, which unfortunately was Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Um, I believe what it looks like is uh, Luchasaurus is out with an injury so um marco stunt took his place in that matchup uh because it was initially supposed to be jungle boy and luchasaurus so yeah um lucha which, brothers will go on to face private party next week
0: which i want to say the lucha brothers killed marco yeah. that match. like if he even I, I i literally thought they killed him they <laughs> they hit him with so many super kicks and pile drivers and bombs. I thought he was gonna die. I will
1: Holy I shit. will say though, Marco Stunt was pretty impressive that night. Oh yeah, he was. Some of the stuff he was He was, was doing a lot. You no, know, I mean he's about the size of my, my oldest son, but I mean it was like crazy that some of the stuff that he was doing. <laughs> and my <laughs> oldest son is four, by the way, so that's yeah, that's he's about the same height as Marco Stunt. So <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad when you're looking at when you look at Jungle Boy, who's not that tall to begin with. He's probably like my height, like what, 5'10, 5'11, somewhere Maybe. around there. And Marco sounds like 5'2. 5'2. So, <laughs> but he's he's a phenomenal talent. Phenomenal. Yeah. So like he wouldn't be in AEW if they didn't see something in him. Correct. But it was it was a solid matchup. Um then of course we had Hangman and Kenny Omega taking out the team with John Moxley and Pac. Oh, this match just completely broke down.
0: It, it, You know what didn't make sense to me? So, so, so Moxley went and grabbed his barbed wire bat, and then Omega grabbed a barbed wire broom. Immediately, they get in the ring, and the ref just, like, stands there and then gets out of the ring like... You're not going to call a DQ if someone hits. You're not going to do any of that. You're going to go out to honestly, the ring... He, like, went out of the ring and checked on Pac, and then, um, Moxley, like, hits him with the butt end of the bat. it was the only, like, encounter between either one of them, and then Pac comes in there, grabs both weapons, and just gets in Moxley's face, and then Moxley hits him with the double birds, hits him with the his finisher, and just leaves the ring.
1: I will say, though, I did love the barbed wire wrapped. Broom.
0: Oh, it was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I like, saw him bring it out. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, is that a broom?
1: Because <laughs> he's the cleaner. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. So, um, though. I see what they're doing with this matchup. Of course, you know you have the history between um, Paige and Pac.
0: Correct.
1: And then you have you know the upcoming match between Omega and Moxley, which has pretty much started since Moxley debuted at um, Double or Nothing. So this has been building, and at full gear, we'll get we'll finally get Omega and Moxley locking up. The only downside with this is I kind of feel like that maybe instead of doing a tag match, why don't we just do Omega versus Pac?
0: Yeah,
1: and then have Moxley interfere again, or do Hangman and Moxley, yeah. something to that aspect. Like that they kind of just want to limit Moxley because of his injury. Like, he's not maybe fully recovered yet from that, you know, the staff infection thing. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, we'll understand that you're trying to build up the the pay-per-view event between Omega and Moxley, and possibly, like, Hangman and Pac take, having, like, a rematch or something. But, I mean, it's when you have a show that's already had, what, one, two, like, three, three tag matches before that, and you add another tag match, I mean, I love tag team wrestling, but... It's not it's not all-elite all elite tag team wrestling. It's, Correct. No, but other than that, it was a pretty good match. Then, um, of course, we had the world title match between Jericho and Darby Allin. Which is an amazing match. Dude, like, Allen is Allen's insane. Oh, like yeah, some insane. of the shit this dude does is, like, crazy. And, unfortunately, I don't see his career lasting that long with some of the stuff that he does.
0: Correct, I and mean, he does some wild shit.
1: No, but you know you got to do stuff to get noticed, and he definitely got noticed. But
0: I, I do have a question though. Um, when did Jericho get the Painkiller moniker? Uh that Is this, was like, a recent thing. No,
1: it was in New Japan when he debuted in New Japan. Oh, so that's what they call so, him then. Yeah, he you no, know, because Jericho was always doing something to reinvent himself, keep himself fresh. So the Painkiller was something that he did. I think it was when he took on um Naito actually. Because he came out with the, the face paint and then the hat and okay. all the other shit. Um, but what Jericho needs to stop doing is that stupid elbow finisher that he does because he looks like he's drunk and just stumbling around the ring. <laughs> like, he looks like one of my drunk uncles. <laughs> like, dude, just chill. Just use the code breaker, rename it to something else, use the walls of Jericho, uh, just whatever. The elbow just looks stupid. You know? It's really dumb. Um, But overall, it was a solid show. Yeah, it's good. Um, Honestly, AEW has has had the better show the last few weeks. Um, Yeah. I mean, the ratings say that. Definitely, for sure. But you know, NXT did have some great matches, though. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, let's
0: rock, two bells.
1: The official WWF action figures with bone-crunching action.
0: So these girls wanna slam dance? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what
1: a rush. Championship Series featuring title belts only at Toys R Us. All right, and we are back. So we're gonna continue this week with the top 20 scariest wrestlers of all time. You want to hit them with that recap? All right,
0: recap number 20. We have Leatherface. 19. We had Waylon Mercy. 18 we had Kamala, 17 we had Damien Demento, 16 we had Freddy Cougar, 15 was Nails, 14 Dwight the Clown, 13 Gangrel, 12 The Original Sheik, and 11 was Ox Baker.
1: Alright, so here we go. We are cracking the top 10 now. Uh, Number 10, The Boogeyman.
0: What else has to be said about The Boogeyman?
1: We're talking about a dude that would pop up in random places. Um, dude would smash a clock over his head. He would eat some worms or some gross thing off of Jillian Hall's face. So yeah, that honestly that was more shock factor. But um,
0: correct. And I like the whole like, um, I love the whole him and Booker T stuff when he, they oh, he feuding, scared the shit out of Booker he's T. He just scared the shit <laughs> out of Booker T and. Um, Sharp Oh,
1: that was awesome. Oh,
0: that
1: uh, was great. Yeah, the Boogeyman gimmick was kind of scary, and then it just it got over with the fans pretty well, and then he became a pretty popular character, which is cool because usually around this time of the year, WWE will release videos of him scaring office staff. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. this is great. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. But he had probably one the one the best entrances in the last like ten years. Oh yeah. Uh, number nine. Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, um, founder of the Dungeon of Doom at WCW, he honestly, dude played some pretty evil characters, Um, he dubbed himself the Prince of Darkness, uh, became possessed with pure wickedness, um, evolved into a cult leader, of course, the Dungeon of Doom, Uh, he'd paint his face in increasingly odd patterns. Uh, He led his uh, army of darkness. Um, Each of them would carry snakes. It was kind of weird and kind of creepy. Sullivan had the right mindset for it, and he honestly freaked the shit out of me. Like towards when I when I caught WCW towards the end of his like end ring career. But he's done a lot of other stuff. Like he appeared in Ring of Honor. um, With some stuff with uh, Steve Carino and um, a couple other guys. So it was. Pretty creepy, so So uh, number eight,
0: number eight is I'm gonna probably say this name wrong. It's gonna be Vincent Mars Mar Mar Mars Julia? Mar- Mar-
1: <laughs> Vincent Marcella.
0: Marcella, I, I didn't know if Vinnie... you pronounced the G or not.
1: Vinny Marcella. The G in there. It's a silent G. It's okay. Italian. Mean. Today, and of course, it's a silent G. (laughs) The Horror King, Vinnie Marcella, of course, is one of the uh, members of the Kingdom and Ring of Honor. Uh, Dude would literally have like some creepy ass mask on, carry an axe to the ring. Um, One of the big things that he's known for right now is, you know, with the popularity of the It remake, literally like a red balloon, a bunch of red balloons would just pop up out of the ring. And, like, while you're looking at that, like, Vinny would just appear somewhere and, like, attack you or come at you with an axe. So, um, dude literally has, like, one of his knee pads is a Michael Myers mask. That's great. So, Vinny Marcel is awesome. Like, scary as hell. Kind of looks like Rob Zombie, but he's freaking awesome in the ring. So, and very sick, too. Like, it's insane. What's up?
0: Number seven, we got, uh, Papa Shango, uh, you know, came to the ring, painted his face like a skeletal demon, wore a bizarre stovepipe hat and a necklace made of bones and carried a smoke-billowing skull to the ring.
1: Papa Shango was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, that was one of the, the many, many gimmicks, um, that, of course, the now godfather, um, had of course you know Pop Shango, Kama Mustafa, the Good Father, the Godfather. Um, fortunately, the Godfather was the one that brought him the the most notoriety Correct. and the most out of his career. But I really enjoyed the Papa Shango character. Um, scared the shit out of me oh, yeah. when I was watching WWF Saturday Morning uh, programming, and he'd be out there working a voodoo spell and making the Ultimate Warrior vomit. And then, like, all this black stuff, like, coming down from his face, man. When you're, like, six years old, you see that shit? Oh, yeah. Like, and you're, like, a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. Like, man. (laughs) It was, whew, that was crazy. Um, uh, Number six, Abdullah the Butcher. If anyone, if you have not had the entertainment, the pure entertainment of watching... And Abdul the butcher match um, you are seriously missing out Dude is way before his time as far as like hardcore went like you think McFoley and Terry Funk are insane Abdul the butcher is like 20 times worse than the two of them put together dude had a fork that he would jam to his opponent's forehead so like <laughs> one of his most notable few is of course with Bruiser Brody um, those guys Tore it down every time they got in the ring together. Just just insane. Like his overall look was just terrifying. Yeah. Like, but uh next week we I kind of didn't plan this out very well because apparently there's uh, five weeks in October. <laughs> We're pretty close to it. Um, I was trying to make this last over four weeks, but um may run down some honorable mentions next week, or may just finish off the list. Haven't decided yet. So maybe I'll just do both. So, um so last week's trivia question
0: all right the last week's trivia question was who teamed with the Hart Foundation at WrestleMania 3 and if you guessed Danny Davis What
1: do they what do they got to do
0: they gotta give themselves that old Barry Horowitz pat, pat on, on the, the back,
1: back. <laughs> Yes, Dangerous Danny Davis, who has a figure coming out in the uh, Wrestlemania 36 Elite Wave. He's actually the Build-A-Figure and the first ref to be released under the Mattel license. So that's pretty pretty that exciting. Cool. So. Um, this week is kind of an easy one if you follow WCW in the 90s, uh, like I did. So, um, This week's question, who were the members of the American Males? Who wrestled together from 95 to 96 so the, yeah the, it may be a little tricky but like I said if you watched um, WCW during that time frame which a lot of people did because that was the the height the beginning of the NWO the Monday Night Wars all that fun stuff you should know who the members of the American males were and if you know the answer you can feel free to drop it below um, any of the threads um, promoting episode 15 of this podcast or you can send that answer to askrusselgeddon at gmail.com. So that's pretty much it for, for this edition.
0: That's it. Um, yeah. We talked about everything we could.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's it for me. That's it for my boy G Money. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 16. We'll rundown of course, your standard... RAW, SmackDown, um, AEW, NWA, all that fun stuff. I'll give you the trivia question. Hopefully, we'll have some questions for the Q&A as well, which is kind of disappointing that was nothing there. I'm looking at you, MVP of the Russell WrestleGun podcast. We, we're looking at you, buddy. Very, very disappointed. <laughs> On that note, we'll talk to you all next week. Watch as much wrestling as you can. Enjoy it. Be a fan of all of it. And just have fun. I am the Heat, Chris Matthews. I am G Money. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See guys.